0: Shura, the Music Explorers Podcast. All
1: right, welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers Podcast. And my name, as always, is Scoop Magoo. Uh, I'm Elaine, And this is a really interesting conversation. It's something I, I've thought about on and off. Uh, it was actually something I've considered writing a, a post about for Happy Blog, just because... I think that um, it's perhaps something that has taken on a bit of a different context in the streaming age. Uh, I, I guess let's let's just reveal it first. Um, you know, the, the idea of falling out of love with an artist. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> it, it was a reveal. Exactly. And I think the reason I'm saying it's different for the streaming age is because... Um, you know, we, we've always had, we've, we've all had that experience where an artist we've loved for a while or maybe, you know, we discovered them and, you know, thought they were great and then for whatever reason, the next album or, you know, in some cases, as we'll, we'll both give some examples, the next several albums just, just start to fall off a cliff and they just sort of do not give up the stuff. And obviously when you, the only way of consuming music was to buy it, um, mm. you know, it kind of made it easy, you know, if you... If you got burned once, you know, maybe the next album was terrible, maybe you just don't bother checking it out or you wait till a friend bought it or something like that. But in the streaming age, uh, I'm curious if that's that's changed. Um, because obviously you can listen to any album, you know, at will, you know, so it doesn't really take that long to check it out. But on the other hand, you can listen to any album at will. So do you really want to spend your time listening to an artist that's burned you so many times? So that's kind of the framework I'm coming into this conversation. And... I think I'll turn it over to you, Elaine, first, just to backpedal a little bit. Now that I've kind of laid out
0: what yeah. my brain's been humming,
1: you know, what is falling out of love with an artist? What does that look like for you? Like, what it, is? It,
0: it, it looks like Macedon's The Hunger. <laughs> I mean, to, to be totally honest, yeah, that's a good um, example. But well, because I was just thinking about that because, it, like, you bring—I never thought about it in terms of like uh, sort of relating it to streaming culture um because you know when that album came out that was like i think like a year maybe before like streaming a couple years even before streaming really started taking like uh like a major place in music Mm -hmm. and so like i I specifically remember that day that the hunter came out because Mm -hmm. i like you know just took out like all my money from my from the atm and just you know went for it and uh that was the last Macedon album I ever bought, or like that from like new one because I ended up buying you know the their old like back catalog from before yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it was just like you got you you get I I, I got got if you will. Um, I got got yeah love I, it. I guess so. If we're talking about just falling out of love with an artist, uh, it's it's just it's it it's such a difficult concept because it's like i i i kind of don't want to use that this this analogy but it's kind of like uh being like a like an abused partner almost like like that that like you know they keep hurting you and you keep coming back and yeah. it's like at, at, <laughs> at like at like what point do you say no yeah um
1: That's a very extreme way to put it, but I know that's definitely what we're talking about here. In a way, I
0: I definitely do not do not mean it with the extremity that uh, this analogy implies. Mm -hmm. But uh, just it's something definitely to think about because there have been artists before that, like I have tried and just tried and just you know like tried to just like what they're doing, and sometimes it just doesn't work out, which. I, I guess we'll just talk about the two big ones that we're, we're sort of thinking of right now. Um, for me, uh, Danzig sings, sings Elvis. Oh, God. <laughs> Which, I know, I, I, I thought that was going to be... I, like, like I, I knew it wasn't going to be great. Like, I, honestly, I, I feel like Danzig's just past his prime now, to be yeah. totally honest. So, like, but, but it doesn't mean that he's incapable of making good work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wow I, I didn't even listen to the whole thing I just listened to that one single and I was just you know what's funny is in Fantano's review for that he doesn't even mention how bad the mixing is or just like the reverb on it I mean maybe... yeah, yeah that's the thing is that I mean it just doesn't sound good like I
1: don't it, it just it's I don't remember an album being so poorly produced mixed I mean whatever technical term applies it just sounds bad
0: I have this feeling that like Danzig was trying to like recreate that old style Elvis sound. I could see of, that. Of, I mean, like it, he like, was you know, successful. Like, but <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But like, yeah. I, I just don't get that. Like, it, it, it. What's weird is that you know, if you go and listen to the same Elvis song from that single, it actually sounds better, and it was made like fifty years ago. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- and, because again, you obviously you can't get past the fact that his voice is just not. Yeah, you know, it's just not there anymore. But yeah, but I think I,
0: I, not even the voice. It's just like for me, it was just like just way too much reverb on everything, and it just yeah. And like, it, it was like, why why choose these Elvis songs? I mean, it's it's cool that you're doing deep cuts, but like, you know, I I personally want to hear Danzig sing Heartbreak Hotel, like because I think that'd be awesome, and it would it, be even cooler to have like, you know, like a like a sort of like hard rock version of that song. Yeah. Like I it, it, it just seems like an equation that would just work, but it does not.
1: Yeah, it is it's already it's already kind of a hard ass to begin with. Like yeah. you know, listening to a an aging Danzig do Elvis covers, but <laughs> you know, not even that. You're not even gonna pick the like a lot of the Elvis songs yeah. that people would want you to I,
0: sing. It's it's one of those yeah. just like it it's so genuinely interesting. Like I mean I I, I, I think I bring this up in almost every episode now, but, it's like, it, it's, it's it's like cast 2019, just, just in that, like, it, it is, it, it's something that is just so bizarre that it becomes interesting, purely yeah. for the reason, because it makes no sense why it should exist. Exactly. Uh, like, it, I was just thinking, too, that, like, I mean, it, I'm going off on this Danzig thing, but I, we will get back to our conversation, uh the main topic at hand, but, uh, the funny thing with the reverb on, on those track on that track, is that, like, Sam Phillips so the the guy who pretty much you know uh and like who is like Elvis Presley's like first producer like early supporter uh-huh. he pretty much invented reverb <laughs> like that's interesting yeah it, it, and it's just like so literally like one of the first reverbs ever used in a studio <laughs> and then like just like you know 2020 Danzig has Anything he could ever want in terms of music technology. And you, so, you know, like, top of the line, you would think. But no. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I, I guess th- that sort of brings us to, like, sort of the subset of this particular topic is, like, what the fuck is up with artists who just, like, are, are sort of given all the chances in the world and yet can't come out with something? Like, it's just... It's 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 mind-boggling. Like I mean, you, m- maybe the more popular um, in- example has been Eminem over the last like yeah. two years. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Yeah, but it's just like you wonder what's going on. Whether like, what like, whether you should be genuinely worried for them or not. Yeah, a, and like, a, or whether they just have so many yes men. Or the, see, in my opinion, I think this. At least in part has to do with the democratization of music, in a way that since you know anybody can just upload their stuff onto Bandcamp, um, yeah. I, I I feel like there's less pressure to have a producer or to have mm-hmm. a good producer even, um, and I, I I would argue that you know whether you need a producer is sort of dependent on what you're doing, mm-hmm. and like you know for Eminem I think it's. <laughs> I think it's a big part of what he's doing, because, you know, I, I don't... <laughs> yeah. he, he would not be anywhere without Dre. No. You know, and to be fair, it's not like they're working right now. You know, it's not like they're working together nowadays. Yeah. But still, like, you know, I, I think he works best with a producer. Uh, at, least, or at least somebody sort of acting as a sounding board, being able to tell him, hey, this sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah,
1: for, for, for sure. Yeah. And to expand on your point a little bit maybe it's you know some artists feel you know I, I think a lot of it might just be they can't get out of their own way or they just really they don't listen to feedback or they don't have anyone that will give them honest feedback yeah. you know, like you said too many yes men that, that's, that's a great way to put it yeah. uh, in some cases it's you know they want they you know later in their career they just they want to be ambitious and it doesn't work out maybe it's just that they they have feel all this pressure to produce but they just they lost that creative juice or they just really don't really... They, they don't really have it like they used to. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think there, there's also something to say about, like, you know, it's it's not to say that, you know, being experimental and, you know, trying new things is a bad thing. It's it's just that there is, um, you know, sort of like a level of quality, it feels like, that, that's, that's gone down in the last few years. And I, I, I would honestly argue that that is... Like sort of a net positive, if you will, because you know while we have like these big, you know, fish that, that kind of go through like the holes in the net, we also get some really really good ambitious music out there that yeah. you know uh, you know think because we're finally sort of in more of a culture where people who want to try new things can be successful at it. Yeah, like at, at least in terms of music.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, looking at some of the. Examples I jotted down. I think there are a few different trajectories artists take that kind of initiate that process of falling out of love. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think
0: I want um, to talk about Shabazz Palaces actually. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel
1: like okay. that could potentially, I'm not really sure where to place that because I would say that the the, the, <laughs> the the main, the three main paths are either one, they you know are too mm-hmm. ambitious so they try something that just fails, two, they Go too safe, or they go too boring, or, or too mainstream. Yeah, or three, it's just, it's just not good. Like I mean, or, that, that's kind of a, a sublane of those first two. Where they do something that maybe isn't so different, but it's just poorly executed. And then, of course, there's a fourth sublane where it just like one of the examples I wrote down was AFI. Like I fell in love out of love with AFI, but that's just because I they created a style of music I wasn't interested in anymore. So I don't know if that really counts. But that that's no, one of the I, that's one of the that's one of the the less Sexy, read. like it's, it's not. It's it's one of those. It's not. It's not you. It's me. Reasons. So like it's not. It's not. As, it's not as fun to talk about. But yeah, Shabazz Palaces was definitely. I think for me, um, this is one of the quintessential examples. I have another one I'll, I'll talk about later. Yeah.
0: It,
1: it, it's been a slow decline, and and that's why I start bringing it up in the streaming age because on, on the one hand. You know, it's it was really easy for me to put on their latest album and, you know, check it out, even though I didn't have high hopes. But on the other hand, there are so many albums I want to check out on on a weekly basis. Is it really worth it when this is now the fourth album in a row that is varying degrees of just not not good?
0: Lace Lace Majesty, however you say that, I I, I think, you know, isn't as bad as people make it out to be, but it's certainly, you know, not black up. I can agree with um, that.
1: It just yeah. it, uh, the, the, that's it's interesting cuz that is they have had a very interesting trajectory
0: in that regard. Black you, you, up... know you know what's even weirder about all this though is that like Ishmael I, I don't think Ishmael Butler was doing anything before that. Like, it, it was like Diggle Planets ended, and then just like this gap of time, and then he's I'm just pretty like, sure. "Oh, hey, guys, I'm still here.
1: Yeah, he came out of nowhere, and Black Up was, was phenomenal. It was like yeah. just super creative, unique hip hop project.
0: Wait, it, it is Ishmael Butler, right? Yes.
1: Okay. And then uh, Lacey Majesty was, I think, yeah, it was, you know, it was three years after, so enough enough time to build up the hype. Um, and it just, it just wasn't as good. Yeah, I don't, I think in hindsight, it wasn't as bad as I probably thought it was at the time just because it really... It just wasn't... It paled in comparison. But then the the double album they released after was
0: way too... It was way too yeah. long. It was too
1: ambitious. It was too weird. It just didn't... I don't
0: I don't think it was ambitious at all. I think that was kind of the problem. I think what made Black Up such an amazing album was that it was just chocked full of people just trying shit. And yeah. It's like j- j- just Ishmael Butler just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And like... I think as it's gone on, it feels like it's it gets a little more and more mainstream every time that he's like, oh hey, there's this trap thing going on. Let's let's try to do that. You know, kind yeah. Of, let's try I, to do I, my I, own version of that, which is like, you know, be yourself, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess to to ref, I, maybe not ambitious, but just to, they bet off than they could. I mean first of all you know it's a double album which
0: was was well, it, it because like it felt more like it because they were technically separate releases so it was like twin albums
1: yeah and I think that confusion was part of the problem is that they were twin albums but yeah. I don't think they like it, it's one of those double albums where it doesn't feel like for example um like Baroness's yellow and green our sister album like they they have distinct um like they're very much the same in the same style but they both take different approaches to it so it does feel like companion albums this just felt like two like a whole bunch of songs that they kind of haphazardly split yeah. into two albums and I,
0: I i just noticed this um though that all the examples we've brought up so far are all by veteran acts or at least acts that have veteran members in them yeah um you know i mean danzig ishmael butler you know mastodon i mean but mastodon had already had five albums you know under yeah their belt uh, argue, I think maybe even like more like one more if you count like Call the Macedon and sort of yeah count the early work, but um yeah it's it it's just I don't know like you you would like to say like a, there's like such thing as a steady decline but then you look at someone like uh, like uh, like Scott Walker you know a, who's just whose work is arguably has only gotten better with time so it's just yeah. bizarre. It's like it's I, I think it's just another uh, instance of you know the fact that I, I i think art manages to defy every single generalization you throw at it and every single kind of, like any 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 overall analysis i guess like it's 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 not like you can go in and be like oh yeah this is going to be like like this is how you make the next experimental album you know, you you can do a pop hit, but that that's because there's science behind what you know turns people's you know ears on, basically.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's why you know obviously falling in love with an artist that's that's a pretty you know everyone can relate to that. But I think what's interesting is each example I came up with, at least, and I'm sure this is true for other people. You know, they're they're unique. There's a different. There's a story to why it happened because mm-hmm. you know, for Shabazz Palaces, for example, I can say. I think it might be because, in the period between Digwell Planets and, and and Black Up, maybe he he truly. And I think there were a couple EPs before that that were you
0: know Black Up Junior that uh, oh, were pretty the, good. There wasn't. E- I think there were like yeah. two EPs before the yeah. debut, but 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 I think a couple of those tracks ended up yeah. on Black Up.
1: I I t- I, I have to check uh, yeah. to be sure. But I think maybe he just all his creative energy in that time. Was burned up, and then you know it, it was maybe an unexpected hit. You know who who knew that the first, I think they're they're the first hip hop act signed to Sub Pop. Um, it would just happen to be that successful and blow up like it did, and then he's like, oh shit, I feel like I have to produce now. Yeah. Or maybe maybe it was you know a little bit more, I more cockiness where he's like, oh like man like I have this now, but he just burnt all his creative juices. So I mean, who I, knows?
0: I wonder if like it's. I, like, I wonder if, if musicians are even that cognizant of it sometimes. Yeah. Because, l- l- like, I mean, not to go back to it, but, like, it, Eminem seems so just completely out of it when it comes to his own cognition of his own music mm-hmm. and why people aren't as attracted to, you know, a guy, uh, you know, shouting homophobic slurs around. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, he's, he, like, it's i don't know like he has yet to realize that the ground has shifted beneath his feet yeah basically so it's it's just like it makes me think whether some of these musicians are really you know like like i think it's more like they just come out with stuff like it's more like they put that like they're working on something and it's almost like a gamble you know i and i'm not saying this is for every artist but i think there are some who are just like you know, I, I think just want to put out work. Like a, like a John Zorn just wants to put out work. Yeah. You know, not to say that it always works. I mean, I, I know for sure that I there, there is stuff that he's put out that I'm not a fan of, so... Uh, but I wouldn't say that's falling out of love with him. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, an arc that I've, like, really fallen out of love with. Um, yeah, I, I think
1: that's the direction I was going to... You know, obviously, yeah. you're totally right that it's hard to... Because I, I do think that Eminem probably has no clue what he's doing <laughs> you know like yeah. what what you know but i i, um, I think he just i don't know lo, 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 like yeah i i have no idea he did he doesn't really he's, he's not he's not self-aware i guess but yeah. turning it inward uh what does that process look like and what you know, even in the streaming age because I, I think that's again something when I, I floated the idea of writing an article someone you know one of my co-writers or colleagues on the blog um said you know like but can't you just listen to it? Like, how hard is it to listen to a couple tracks on an album? But I think my best example is Animal Collective. You know, I I checked out Meriwether Post Pavilion off of the the hype and was blown away. I mean, I still love it. It's one of my favorite albums of the, you know, 2000s. And every single other Animal Collective album I've heard, like, and related one, has been not even a fraction. Of what Meriwether Post Pavilion is, and I think counted up, I've tried four or five different albums. And honestly, if another you know Panda Bear or Avi Tear album comes out, I think
0: Avi Tear did come out with a new album that I just I yeah. just don't have any I just don't have any interest in at this I mean, point. I, all you have to do is 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 just you know, wait around long enough, and one of them will release something, it seems like. Yeah, but but that that's the thing, is it's, it's now, I don't, you know, I did
1: try, like, I did, okay, I'll try this one out, I went back, like, newer ones they released, old, you know, older albums they came out with, just nothing. And I think that there were just so many, there was so much I got from Mary With Post Villain. I was willing to try out that many albums, but I'm curious if, you know, What's your general barometer? Like, if you get into an artist and then the next one, yeah. next one's bad. Do you do you call it a day?
0: Does it take I, a couple missteps? See, I, I I guess the issue here is that I, I I don't tend to put any general rule on like a like sort of like a sweeping rule when it comes to yeah. artists. But like I usually it, it usually depends on the artist. Sure. So like, I want to be clear that I don't either. I've, I've yeah. just been you know it's interesting a thing. Yeah, and I think it's also worth pointing out that a lot of artists that I've fallen out of love with, I ended up kind of regaining a love for them. Like, um, for instance, like, Coheed and Cambria. Like, there was a time that I sold, like, all of my Coheed albums, uh, and I had, like, a good amount of their discography.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I just, you know, I don't know, I just got back into it. I can't really explain it. Um, so it's, I know, how did this, I, I, I guess, um, you know, when the I I think if it's, if it's a chore, to put on their new album, I think that that's a good sign, yeah. or maybe not a good sign, but it's a sign that, perhaps, uh, this is not worth doing. Like for instance, Shabazz Palaces, because I was I was looking through my um like new listen list that I keep around, and I was I was trying to get through it all like over the last few weeks, and uh, I saw Shabazz Palaces there, and I'm like. I really don't want to like yeah. it's it, like you know I, it, it it's it's not good to read reviews before listening to music i i personally think um you know but after seeing some of them and i'm like i don't really know if i want to do this to myself like kind of like i i guess it's because i i the way i handle my time is different now as opposed to like when those last two Shabazz Palaces albums uh, albums came out, um, like, I was, I was you know, working then in, like, more of a uh, office setting, you know? So it, it was, like, a little bit different. I was like, okay, I, I don't mind putting away, like, two hours on this thing. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like, I, you know, I still need to do other things. I can have it on the background. But nowadays, like, I'm working from home. So it's, like, I, you know, like this is time i could be using you know a listening to anything else uh but also b i i could just you know be making my own music like you know i could just go up to the modular and just start futzing around with it for a little bit and i i mean that that's taken up a lot of potential listening time for me um as of late um you know but so like it's i i think that's at least part of it um I'm really trying to think of like an artist in particular that I've really grown out of favor with, because really most of the time it's it's not like I don't I I guess it's more passive like it's just yeah kind of, exactly it really because, is because yeah there
1: are very few artists that I have you know huge admiration for that I mean I guess the one of the examples where I wrote down was Morbid Angel that we've talked before that mm. you know for me I don't know if I'll. I didn't buy Elude, whatever, you know, the, yeah. the, the industrial. The, I was going to buy it and I didn't just because I was like, you know, I did, is it worth it? And I feel the same way about their newest one because it's, you know, it's a return to form in a sense, but it's just, it's not at the same level as their earlier really, yeah. material. I actually... So I,
0: if we're talking oh,
1: sorry you you, you finish your uh yeah i was was gonna say so obviously i'll listen to any new thing they come out with but you know i i own every single other cd they've they've done up until even some of the you know they had an album before they reunited called heretic that isn't isn't very good but it's it's not horrendous but i think that you make a good point that when something is so bad that it puts a sour taste in your mouth like that and
0: then the
1: course correction isn't
0: isn't much better. I think a lot than... of it is... Oh, actually... Oh, my God. I just... I just had a brain fart. I Or maybe... Well, what was the opposite of brain fart? I guess uh, an idea. An idea. A light bulb. One of those cartoony things. Um, <laughs> God. What is wrong with me, Scott? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, my, my, my first thought was... Just because when you brought up Metal, I was thinking Black Dahlia murder. Actually... As an artist that I've sort of fallen out of love with, uh, even though I'll be honest, like I was never really like that in love with them to begin with. Um, like, what, what was that that album? What was it? Um, what a horrible night to have a curse. What, what album is that? Is that is that not Nocturnal? Oh, uh, Nocturnal. Yeah. Yeah. I like I could never get through that album, I, and I don't really know why. Um, I could get through Miasma. Like I enjoyed Miasma. Uh, and then Ritual, I was kind of just like the same thing. And so I just ended up just kind of ignoring it, you know, ignoring them for like the last, you know, pretty much the last like six years of their career. And it, not to say that it's, I, I don't think that they're a bad men. And I'm not saying like, I hate them. It's, it's more just like, okay, like I, I have, I have other things I could be, uh, turning my attention to, but a bigger one, uh, is actually Jack White. Now that I think of it, oh okay, okay. Because um, you know, I, I was I wasn't a huge White Stripes fan. Um, I had a couple of their albums, um, and they they were kind of disappointing sometimes. Um, but when Jack White's first solo album came out, um, which was I think Blunderbuss, if I remember right, I I loved that album. I thought that was a really really good album. And then he followed it up with Lazaretto, which was also really good. There's some Great tracks on that, uh, like I think it's called a uh, Black Gum Licorice or something like that. Um, super great track. But then he came out with this new fucking thing, and I can't remember. You know, I can't even remember the name of it now. Um, it's not like it's not Funhouse. That 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 that's the Stooges. Um, I'm looking this up, but uh, it was it was really disappointing. Honestly, like to to and, like a boarding house reach that's what it was. I don't know, yeah. it had something with house in it. First off, I mean, the album cover is is awful. It looks like kind of like um Patrick Nagel kind of threw up on the cover almost. Oh, um <laughs> but I think it was just like it, it was it was Jack White trying to be experimental, which in in theory sounds really cool. Uh and it sounds like something that needed to be done like, you know, 20 years ago almost uh-huh. <laughs> but um you know it, it just was not good and to, to the point that I, I don't even pay attention to him anymore uh, which sucks because like i, I think jack white's talented and like you know i i'm not going to say that he's like you know the greatest artist of his generation or whatever or like do you remember that documentary that came out that was um they they sort of took the like the biggest guitarist of like their respective generations. So it was Jimmy Page, uh, The Edge, and Jack White, and I'm like, I like you could have picked any other guitarist aside from like you know it looked like you know we didn't need The Edge, we didn't need yeah. Jack White in this movie. Jimmy Page, sure, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that, and I remember uh, a, yeah, a lot of folks. I mean, online, I don't think any like official other. I don't know if, like, the the music blogosphere really kicked off at that point, but hmm. yeah, I remember people being like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. those are like, <laughs> yeah, definitely Jimmy Page is like, like, yeah, like you said, okay, but then But then the
0: edge yeah. it's like, what? Like, first off, like I, I don't know, like, like, if you're into music that much, I just don't see like how the edge deserves a spot anywhere. Um. Yeah,
1: I mean, he has some cool guitar effects he's used over the years, but that's, that's yeah, even, I mean, even that's not really. You could
0: you could say the same thing about Tom Morello, but like I would rather have Tom Morello in that documentary <laughs> than the edge. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely a bias on my part. Sure. Um, but just all I have to say is like you know just falling out of love with that. It's yeah, I, I I guess it was like you know giving. I I tried to give it a listen. I was probably like a couple tracks in, uh, to the new Jack White album, and then I was like, you know what, fuck it, like nope not doing this uh you know it was uh, but but the thing is it's not i guess it wasn't really disappointing in the same way that i think we're sort of honing in on because i think when there's an artist you really love that comes out with something that's really disappointing um i think that that's that's like a different feeling like um i think metallica actually is a good example too um, because I I really got into them when Death Magnetic came around, and it took them like, you know, basically ten years to come out with another studio album that yeah. was just them, um, and that I, I I think by then I it wasn't like I'd fallen out of love, out of love. It was just like, oh okay, Metallica put something out, like it was just like okay, it is what it is. Yeah, like no. I, 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 like I, I I guess that's the issue I'm having with this conversation is that. I, a lot of time, I'm very, I'm much more passive with it, yeah. As opposed to being like, those assholes came out with a new album, like, like even like Pearl Jam coming out with a new album. Like, I am not a Pearl Jam fan by any means, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be like, oh fuck this new Pearl Jam album. <laughs> like, it's just like, like, well, like how, who who does that help? Like, <laughs> does... It, 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 it does it does nothing but create just more noise, and it's like. It's just unnecessary. So, um, yeah,
1: I think what's interesting about this conversation is that they're really, um, it really is a different story for every album, every artist, uh, every,
0: every listener, too. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's a very, inter- yeah, for some of the, uh, like I think Metallica is a great example of kind of like a collective. Um, oh, yeah. re- rejection of—I mean, depending on your view, starting with the Black Album, and I—I I think most people would concede that it's, it was after the Black Album that it's been. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, you have the debate about—I um, don't know if Stockholm Syndrome is the right, right word, but like, I wonder if if you take out the missteps in Metallica's Metallica's career and they just released Death Magnetic and Hardwired. Um, would people think they're as great as they are? Like, are they, do people love them by, I mean, I, I, mean, I think Death Magnetic, excuse me, Death Magnetic is good. I think Hardwired is very meh. Like, I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's bad, but I think it's very, it's the fact that it was, well, first of all, it followed up Lulu, which that was, you know, uh, yeah. that was Polar- so polarizing, Yeah, polarizing to say the least. So yeah. I think following, um.
0: Following anything up, like following that album up with anything. Yeah, following up is, is something that, that peop,
1: yeah, people have absolutely like said is one of the worst albums of all time. You know, so it's interesting how falling in and out of love with artists is is so subjective, but it's something we all
0: we all experience. Um, yeah, I, I mean, hardwire did it, hardwire is a lot of issues. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for me was just the length of it. Like it just there weren't enough great tracks to warrant its runtime. So um yeah. yeah and i think
1: even even though it's easier nowadays to try out any album because of streaming i think that it's getting over that hump of you know when you hear a truly when you hear like a, like a truly bad like i will ne- i will probably never listen to another eminem album i've never <laughs> been a huge eminem fan but um the, you know, the most recent stuff especially. And I wonder if... I've gotten to that point with Shabazz Palaces Like, I wonder if I'll just keep... You know, kind of like you said, when they release a new album, if they release a new album, will I just keep pushing it down and down on my priority list and eventually be like, oh, well, the year's gone, didn't listen to it,
0: whatever. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I did, yeah. honestly, already. Um, you know, are you ready to shift this conversation to sort of our other related topic? Yeah, and I think you know,
1: we, we've, we've kind of danced around... The, the idea of music being bad, and yeah. I think, Elaine, you, 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 you brought up a great point, um, I think it was offline, I forget it was on the tail end of our last episode, of, you know, what is, quote unquote, bad, bad music, music, and I, I guess, you know, more, you know, getting one, or, or going did, one, yeah. D- does it even exist? Yeah, exactly, going one, one layer deeper, you know, is there even, quote unquote, bad music? Um, it's, you know, it's obviously... Kind of
0: well, I, I just think it's it's funny that, you know, like I've been talking about like how like, oh, this, you know, Danzig sings Elvis track is just awful and things like that. But I think that's just language I use to sort of describe my disappointment with it, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is the best way to phrase that. Yeah. Because I'm going to just come out and say it. I don't think there's such thing as bad music. Um. Now, mind you, I that isn't to say that because I – I'm talking about, like, objectively bad music that, like, like I, I, I don't think that there's a single album out there that somebody could look to and say, oh, nobody likes this, because that wouldn't apply even the artists themselves didn't like it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like every single piece of art that's, you know, put out into the world has somebody who likes it. You know, it might just be one person, but that's still one person who likes it. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things I, I think that whether you know like whether i personally like said piece of art is uh totally up for debate you know like but to say that oh this is just bad is i think another uh argument entirely and one that i I don't think really has any grounding yeah it's it's an interesting
1: so obviously we've talked a number of times i forget the philosopher, musicologist, whatever you call, you know, whoever tried to establish a definition for music, and I, I think that what he came up with and what we use is pretty all-encompassing, you know, it's hmm. the pr- purposeful organization of sound to be listened to, like I feel like that's, um, that's something that is pretty airtight, I mean, maybe, you know, some people have said lowercase music might potentially...
0: I mean, uh, no. that,
1: that's still organized sound. Yeah, 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 for for sure. I think even then you can make an argument. Because, um, of course, people, uh, you know, people could say, oh, it's anything composed with instruments. Okay, well, what do you, you know, you, there's rabbit holes there. Yeah. And I feel like, like, bad music, it's something that, like, I feel like I know it when I hear it, but at the same time, like, there's no, I don't, I can't describe, i can't provide that kind of definition which is why well, ex- well, I, I'm, I'm inclined exactly. to agree with you because i you know what is bad music and maybe that you know some people might say that that's you know being too deep but, but I, we, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because i think that for you to say that this is bad you have to you have to there has to be some type of objective or some type of rubric you use and i don't think you can achieve that
0: yeah i i think it's, it's a rubric that you know, definitely changes depending on the person because, like, that one definition of music is more of, like, almost a scientific term. Like, that that itself, like, that definition is, like, pretty much an objective definition of music. Yeah. Because I, I can't really think of any holes in it. Like, you might say, like, oh, what about, like, free improvisation? But that's arguably structured. It's just that you're doing the structure in real time. You're You're organizing it in real time by playing it. Mm-hmm. And recording it as such, and reacting to the other musicians, um, you know, I, so like it, 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 it's, it feels almost like, like something, it, like almost like it feels more like a hypothesis or like a theory than um, sort of like an axiom, like a philosophical axiom, if you mm-hmm. will, um, because the it, it, it just feels like like the like the three like Newton's laws of gravity in a way, mm-hmm. um, like it just it, it's. It's just a very broad example, as opposed to... Because, like, if we turn that on its head and we said that bad music is, you know, sound that is not organized, you know? Um, <laughs> like, you could take... I mean, so field recordings wouldn't count. Harsh noise wouldn't count, arguably, in a way, because it's... it's Noise is literally disorganized sound. Yeah. that's That's, like, its definition. You know, so you're talking about, like, things that are you know, th- that have been used as music, though. So it's Yeah, just like, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like, depending
1: who's levying the claim of, um, you know, bad music, it, it just carries a different. You know, people might say metal isn't music, because, you know, it's screaming or whatever, it's not melodic. You know, and obviously there's, it's pretty obvious why that falls apart. But even when you go down the road, because maybe the best, maybe the, like the most accurate, criticism you could levy or the the, the most accurate definition is it's poorly performed but then what does that even mean like I guess technically you could say free improv or free jazz is poorly performed because it doesn't fit conventions but I mean obviously it's not going for that and I think it's very much in the the ear of the beholder
0: yeah well like I mean I immediately my my mind shot to like Jamie Stewart or like a um Ian Curtis oh yeah like you know like on a technical level they're bad singers yeah they're not not fantastic singers but you know they have to, it's like you could argue that their performance is not you know good in the way that it meets with what we consider to be good performance yeah
1: and, and i didn't mean i i don't think they're bad i love the oh yeah no, i, I, I lot, wasn't but, applying but, that i mean yeah. Yeah. I, I, no but i, I, I just like, want to clarify people, scott i want to <laughs> clarify what i said because you know yeah. I, I didn't i meant that i mean as much as i love jamie stewart's delivery in the technical sense of of singing he's not he's not He's not technically a great singer, but yeah. th- th- does that does that matter as well? Because I think that there are plenty of technically good singers who are not like not compelling or not distinct, and yeah. you know, just because they can sing doesn't mean okay, are they? Is their music worthwhile? Is it something I yeah. want to listen to? I
0: I thought it might be interesting to sort of take this from another point of view and sort of think about like the worst albums that have been released and like first thing that comes to my mind is like Corey feldman's angel like angelic to the core and like um oh what was the it was uh doug walker and rob scallon doing that that wall parody album oh yeah which i've not listened to either of those but they have just been described as like so atrocious like to the point that that wall parody album is the lowest rated album on rate your music by like a good margin like, interesting It it is like it not not just of like the decade or like of like last year i am talking about of all recorded music in history that's crazy <laughs> which is like I, I i mean it's yeah so it's just it, it makes me think that like like what what makes those bad i think uh you know it this is actually you know i i, I don't want to go too into this because i i feel like it's it's kind of a touchy topic but I, I think sometimes um, I think the politics of a musician can sometimes uh, sort of distort listeners views in a way like um, like that 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 track white boy remember when that came out
1: Oh yeah yeah it, I mean like to be fair I didn't think that song was was very yeah you got,
0: you got no, no, like, yeah. I, I like I listened to it too I didn't think it was great but like at the same time, I'm it. It like, there's a significant difference between listening to White Boy and listening to Corey Feldman. Like yeah, y- like you 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 can you can see that like what was his name Tom McCarthy, is that, his, is that uh his name? I think so yeah, that, yeah like that you know it, it, at least he's like kind of trying, you know but like mm-hmm. or, or like I guess Corey Feldman's trying but not like, like his version of trying is is like, I don't know like it would it, it, be like an alien planet. And, and in like, like sort of their version of effort and like you know the, an alien planet who like worships like you know i i don't know like the moon or something <laughs> you know it's just something so bizarre out, and out there that like somehow it works um i it's just like like but but, but my point was just no it was, i think it's yeah it's, it's it's tom tom mccarthy i think um anyway like i i think Part of the reason a lot of people hate that song and hate him as an artist is more because of his political views mm-hmm. than his actual music, which I think is a really shitty reason to dislike an artist and call their music bad. To be totally honest, like I, I'm not gonna say like I support like you know Varg and like what he thinks, but like you know like like his like I I and I don't think his music is is as amazing as some people think it is. But like, it's not garbage. Yeah, and I think, um,
1: yeah, I think that speaks to why it's it's flawed to say something is inherently bad music because obviously we're not saying you can't dislike music or like you can't yeah. you know, you can't hear music and be like I don't like this but to say that it's inherently bad because I feel like what, what you're saying with that or I guess what we're arguing against is you know it's inherently worthless or like it's inherently devoid of any yeah, artistic I, merit whatsoever
0: exactly and i think it's just
1: an example uh, kind of a different side of the queue but a, a little bit similar to the political argument is a, a family member of mine huge fan of megan trainer who is a pop star who talks <laughs> about body positivity um does not like lizzo who also, like, their content is very similar. Yeah. And I think you could probably piece together the difference between the two.
0: One um, of these things just doesn't belong here. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that,
1: that's what, you know, just to, to let you fill in the blanks there. But I, I think that there are other reasons beyond just even why we dislike the music itself that we don't like a musician, which and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus here. I haven't listened to to Megadeth, and I haven't tried their music. And I think, or, or excuse me, I haven't really dipped, dove into their music. And I, the times I did, I don't think I gave it as fair a shot as I could because I just really don't like Dave Mustaine. <laughs> and
0: and it, like that, that's totally justifiable. Like you know, if you don't like Tom McCarthy, like I'm not saying you're a bad person, and I'm not saying that your opinions are wrong. I'm just saying that it's a shitty reason. But like I, I, I think it's it's not always the best reason to dislike something. Like, if you're not interested in it, like, I mean, Scott, you, you, you've you given Megadeth chances before. Like, you've tried to listen to their stuff, and it just doesn't appeal to you. But I think it's augmented by the fact that Dave Mustaine is is just kind of a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying is that yeah. it's... Uh, and I
1: think, obviously, you could say, like, okay, well, like, why does, this, why does this matter? Why does this, you know... But I think it matters because... You know, we, we've moved, progressed forward where stuff that people would consider trash or satanic or bad um, several decades ago is just mainstream now. Where it's just it's it's commonplace. But I think that it is a barrier for some genres poking into the mainstream. Like I, I think as a as an avid metal listener, I think metal being bad or the vocals being inherently bad. I think that is a barrier, and it's gotten better. Metal has become progressively more accepted by the mainstream it depends
0: yeah it you know, depends on the genre I, but here's the thing though is like i i've always viewed metal as you know and I, i'm not trying to use this as like an overarching you know umbrella type of like blanket statement but like metal's always been very insular you know it's it, you, you you don't you don't see like you know a jazz musician you know joining a metal band and, like, you know, the, 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 like, at least in, like, like, like he, you don't see someone like, I don't know, like, John McLaughlin joining Morbid Angel on stage. Oh, would be fun. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool uh, in its way. But what, what, what my point is that, like, I, I think Metal, like, they I think Metal fans on the whole, again, not trying to make a generalization, but, like, I think they kind of like keeping it insular in a way. Like, I think they're okay with that mm-hmm. because it's, like, just, like, what they like. And, like, it doesn't need to be everywhere. And I think if it was everywhere, I don't think it would have the, you know, power that it does.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And it's interesting. It will be interesting to see because a lot of the metal that's broken through is, you know, quote-unquote poser metal. Like, Def Heaven's is a great great example. (laughs) Yeah. That's not real black metal, which, I mean, it's... I mean, they're, they're it's just they're,
0: as tortured as as regular black metal, except they aren't singing about Satan; they're just singing yeah, about girls. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because their recent
1: albums are kind of they're, they're trying to they're trying to make they're trying to prove those people right. They're like slowly stripping away the black metal. Yeah, like screw you. We're,
0: we're actually the Smiths. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my god, that's so so funny. I, um, I actually w- would love to would love to hear a Def Heaven cover of this charming man. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they did a, the only cover of this I've heard is they did a cover of a Mogwai song that was actually really, really cool. Uh, yeah, but I would love I to can hear see that working out. Uh, yeah, I would love to hear a cover of, of the Smiths. But yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because it goes in reverse, too. Like, I know I had some friends in high school, um, especially not so much in college because you, you grow up a little bit, but some who literally. <laughs> only listen to metal and they thought that like pop was inherent and you see it in comment sections you know too where they talk about like the, the trash you know pop music is devoid of any value or whatever and people in general will say just because you know um like pop music is too corporate or it's, it's produced it's not music because there's no soul yeah uh, I think I saw a comment section re- recently where it was like about how you know it, it's not the real mu- music oh it was actually it was um uh, the guy who did cherry like or uh, Miss American Pie,
0: like he had this weird oh, rant. Uh, uh, Don, um, Don, not not Don McLean. Uh, Don McLean. I think so. Yeah. Like he had this whole rant about
1: like music is like devoid of meaning and like everyone's nihilistic and like like we're all like it was like this really bizarre rant uh, about like how music has no value now because it doesn't fit. You know, it's not like the good old days. Um, and again, that, that's another lens I think that people fall into is that, you know, it's, just, it's different now. So it's not, re- you know, it's bad.
0: Well, I, I think it's funny for him to say that because, you know, I like, it's it's not like, like, like if his argument was going to be, was going to hold any water, he would actually have to disclude himself from it. And actually, if you think about any popular music, like mm-hmm. it, it would have to be only classical music because, you know, it would, because it's the only uh, you know, type of music that has been, you know, in a sense, untouched by corporate greed. Uh, you know, in a sense, because like, there, there's still, you know, classical music companies out there, you know, and, you know, even before, uh, the industrial revolution, you know, you know, those musicians made a lot of money by being like, you know, patrons to wealthier, you know, uh, music fans, or, you know, they were commissioned to make things for like royalty, you know, so it, it's, like, it, it's such a fucked up argument because, you know, like, music as we know it, popular music, mainstream music, has always been corporatized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just think, like, those people that make those, that type of argument that, like, oh, corpor- something that's made by a corporation isn't real art, like, I fucking hate that. Like, and no, not to say that I, I don't see where they're coming from, because, you know, you look at something like the Emoji movie. And you're like, oh yeah, I understand what they mean by that, like because it's like, okay, that, that, that that's clearly just like an hour and a half of corporate advertising, mm-hmm. like you know. But to say that it doesn't have any artistic value, I think is is um, is the wrong statement to make. Yeah, like, like because you know, while the Emoji Movie, yes, is is when it comes to like artistic ethics. Uh, Maybe maybe not, uh, you know, deserving of a whole lot of praise. Uh, there's still people who put time and effort into making it. You know, it, it's sort of like, um, yeah. Do you remember the whole Sonic the Hedgehog debacle from last year? Oh, yeah. We, we, we the trailer. Yeah. Know, everybody hated it, and uh, so like you know they they did it over. But like the thing is like, you know, animators had to work even harder for that with with, with no thanks either. You know, it's, so it's just like, like, I, I feel like art, you know, what makes art great, I think, is just because these people are actually doing something, they're actually putting themselves out there to some degree, you know, and I, I think that to say that that is bad is just a really shitty statement to make.
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would push back a little bit only because I think, um, you know, obviously, we're, we're not discrediting discourse. I mean, you know, we, we partake in that on yeah. this podcast. I, th- I think that the um, it was a unique example with a Sonic movie because it was it was lot it was just real time discourse. Uh, I think yeah. you know, when P- you know, when people say why the- I mean because it- I-, I thought that the the first design was bad. You know I, I didn't <laughs> it like it at all, so and I-, I think a lot of people <laughs> thought it was bad. And it the, the teeth? Uh, oh, yeah, man. and I think it ultimately because the reviews followed suit, where I think that a lot of them said, you know, it was basically what you expected, like, they did okay, you know, what could have been better, but it was still good, but I think, if not for that, and I know they had to take a financial dive to, to fix it, but I think in some ways, the point of discourse is to improve art in a way, or at least improve our understanding of art, and decide trends, and to catalog oh, yeah, the, I, the music of the time...
0: My my argument isn't that discourse isn't worth having. It's more that if you're going to throw something completely out based on the grounds that it's bad, I I, I think that's just a really shitty thing to do. Yeah, uh, like I I like you know, I I think you still need to give things a try. Like you know a, you know not to say that like because, you know, okay. So weird analogy, but like me and my sister always had this argument about uh, like food basically because she she'll like be cooking brussels sprouts or something like that and like you know me and the rest of my family are like fuck no you know <laughs> like, like that's just disgusting and then she's like have you ever tried them and i'm like no but at the same time i have no interest in trying them like it's it's it, it, it's like stabbing your tongue with a rusty knife like you know you, you like like i'm not going to do that because i'm not interested in doing that <laughs> you know yeah, you so you're not saying Brussels
1: sprouts that you know inherently lack value in and yeah, like, exactly. the scourge of the the vegetable family. Yeah, um, it's
0: it, it's just that like you know they they're just not my thing. But you know, if I was gonna make some sort of blanket statement like very seriously and say like, oh, they have no value whatsoever, like that's that that's inherently wrong. Like I I think to say that, yeah. you know, it, like so, like same thing with cats. Like I I think like cats 2019 is just fucking weird um you know it's not something I want to watch and it's something that I, I I kind of hope that I will go for the rest of my life without having to see to be totally honest yeah. but you know I I feel like there's somebody out there who likes it whether it's ironic or not you know I'm not I don't really care like you know I, i've I've said before that like some even something like the room like I've personally never understood the uh the hype around the room and why people enjoy it so much like I've really not I really don't understand for the most part um that whole so bad it's good mentality uh but you know like if you like it man even if it's ironic good on you like you know if, if it makes you happy then just enjoy it i don't know like i i just don't think it needs to be any more complicated than that i guess yeah and i think a good way to
1: to put it is um like just inherently, you can't really go anywhere from saying, "Oh, this is awful and devoid of of value." And yeah. I think it's a conversation stopper. Whether you you're on the one side, you're the more traditional side, and you think more experimental stuff is like you just say, "Oh, this this sucks. This is bad." You don't even. This, just, is, you know,
0: this is pretentious garbage. Yeah, like yeah.
1: even even if you don't like it, like okay, well, like why? Or you know, on the other other hands, where you're you're. You know solely useless and like more experimental art or whatever and you say any anything mainstream is just it's it's garbage is drivel okay well that's also you know it's just it's a discourse stopper
0: um, yeah exactly so it's, yeah it's,
1: yeah i, I um, think you know it's it's even if you don't like something is that's why and obviously lauren doesn't do this but like whenever i ask her I, I like to know what she thinks about my music and a lot of times she doesn't doesn't like it, but I like hearing <laughs> why. You know, it's it, inter- it interests me why people don't like it. It, it,
0: it. and sometimes when it's when it's Lauren, it's really funny. So yeah, it, it's and sometimes like a, w- w- what did she say when we were listening to? um, I think we were listening to Murpho's Flare Gun. I think right. She um, sounded she like dentist drills or something.
1: Yeah, but like one of my favorite yeah. comments is we were doing the, one of our unpopular opinions <sighs> episode. I'm like, what's an unpopular music opinion I have? And she said that, that John Zorn's music is good. And I was like, "Ouch! <laughs> like, that's that's harsh." Yeah, um, but I think it's it's helpful. That's why um, positioning, you know, not just leaving your opinion as this is, you know, this is terrible, this is trash, this is garbage, whatever, and actually saying why and putting it putting out there
0: why you, you dislike
1: something or why you like
0: something. You know, they're I, they're I, so not to push back on this too much because I, I agree with you. Um, but I, I think that sometimes someone's, uh, dislike of a piece of art sometimes goes beyond words, like beyond description. Like I couldn't really tell you why I don't like the office anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's one of those things that I just, I mean, I, I guess plainly I just, I don't find it funny, but it's like even more than that. And it's just, I like, it's, it's such a visceral dislike that I just, I, I can barely, you know elucidated properly you know it's so it's little like i i think that there's almost a limit sometimes like i think sometimes there is just a matter of you know uh sort of this vague interest that just might not be there and might be the antithesis of your interest
1: yeah but yeah. but i mean on the other hand you're also you're not going on office you know fan, fan boards and saying yeah. like, oh like you all have trash taste i think yeah, no, th- yeah no. th- th- that's no. what i mean i don't mean like you have to write like a a dissertation about you know why you don't like something, yeah. it's just if you are going to put yourself out there and, and criticize something, even if it's just a, a comment on something saying, I don't like this, and like you know, short, this is why I don't, but just saying like, LOL, this is trash, you guys have shit, you know, shit taste that's not helpful. And I think it is helpful. Um, there have been a few albums that I've been on the fence about, and reading some extra context and then you know, using that context to listen more deeply, you know, has either pushed me to liking something or Kind of embracing or realizing why I don't like something or why something isn't clicking with me. I, a great, a I'm great total agree with you. A yeah, great I'm example saying. is uh, I think it's Atre Venu. It was like a synth pop band, and I love the music, but just the album wasn't clicking with me for some reason. And I actually it was a Neil drop. It was a why you know review, and he was like the vocals are bad, like they're just <laughs> like, they're they're not like they're just. Well, I don't think he said they were bad, but he said they are just not as good as the genre usually calls for. And then I listened to it again, I was like, Yeah, they aren't. They really aren't. Like it's but it was weird because they weren't like I just I wasn't listening to that because the melodies were really good and the music was really good and you know, the, the vocals were whatever. But then once I really focused on them again, I was like, Yeah, these vocals really just aren't up to stuff. But it, you know, it was having some constructive feedback that helped me form that opinion that's why I've, I've always been so passionate about reviews is i feel like it's helped it helps me form my own thought process of how i analyze music by mm. reading you know views that challenge my own or reviews that you know whatever direction that is or kind of give me a different perspective on music
0: um, yeah see, i see i'm not against doing that like i mean um you know when you brought up that example i, I immediately thought of uh, a crow looked at me because i i think I probably wouldn't have listened to, you know, I, I, I still haven't listened to the whole thing because I, I don't think I am like emotionally capable of doing uh-huh. that at this moment in time. But, um, like, I, you know, after listening to those two tracks and like, but like, I, I I had a new respect for it after sort of knowing the context of the album. Yeah. So, you know, it's so, I, I guess for me, it's like, because um, I, I, I guess one thing is like I, I don't really talk about my opinions on art a ton, except pretty much here. Um, you know, and you know I'll text you about something sometimes, but I, I'm not too public about it as much as I used to be. Um, and so, because you know, I think right now it's it's more about just enjoyment for me, and mm-hmm. it's more about um, you know seeing how people can do certain things as opposed to is this good or bad? And it's just, you know, like if I don't enjoy this, okay, I'm going to listen to something else. You know, it's, it's kind of that simple, but you know, even if there's if something I don't enjoy, maybe there's something to learn from it. I don't know. Uh, so just for that type of thing, reviews aren't always the most helpful thing for me. So I think I'm, I can be a little bit biased against that. Um, uh, but you know, I, I totally like, I, I really like where you're coming from though, because I think that's like, a really a good way to phrase it so yeah
1: and i think of the um kind of like the tldr of our first half is just that you know falling out of love is it's a album by album band by band story and this is mm. just kind of remain remain open-minded and definitely definitely don't write something off as trash you know it's it's not something that really exists, or... Is I mean, this the- I,
0: I, I feel like, you know, it, it's okay to write something off. Like, if you think it's bad, then you think it's bad. Like, I, I, I'm not against somebody disliking something. Like, it's it's more that if you're gonna be like, oh, this is objectively bad, nobody should listen to this, you're all idiots. It's like, well, somebody likes this. It's somebody out there likes Angelic to the core. I don't know <laughs> who that person is, but, you know, all the best to them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think it, it is kind of being cognizant of that line, where I mean, you can definitely not like something, and obviously we all like and dislike things all the yeah. time, but it's it's ensuring that, uh, you know, not, the, not that our discourse is
0: positive, but that our discourse is constructive. Yeah, like it, exactly, like, like yeah. yeah, if you're going to be online with, like, you know, just <laughs> you just spouting all that shit, it's like, okay, well, okay, how, how is this... How's this adding to anything
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly um, okay
0: well i think I think that's it for for uh for this this convo if if you will uh, yeah, it was a yep. good very
1: conversation,
0: yeah, I always like having these these conversations every so often um let's talk about albums of the week, so uh scoots, you got an album of the week uh, you got an album of the week for me <laughs> yeah
1: i um my friend Nick reminded me today, uh, I had a few albums I was considering, but actually I think, I, I thought it was perfect for uh, this episode specifically, but he reminded me that today is the 10 year anniversary of Cosmic Grandma by Flying Lotus. Oh, seriously? Uh, wow. Which is kind of, it's kind of crazy to rethink that it, you know, first of all, that it's 10 years old, but...
0: Yeah, you know what's weird is like it feels older than that, to me? Yeah, I could say it feels like like a
1: mid-2000s album. Well, I, uh
0: I, I, Part of the reason I think it feels older to me is because um, they used to play some of it during Adult Swim, like during the bumps. And like, you know, Adult Swim is like just perpetually in my mind as like this yeah. something, like as this thing that like ups used to watch, and I was mm-hmm. never able to watch. So <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, sorry. but yeah, it, it's
1: it's very much a um, you know not only the, I forget just how great. Uh, this album is uh, I at some point I want to buy Los Angeles because I've you know some yeah. people say that's even even better or um, know, I mean in, in some cases it's I, f- I feel like it might be like a hot take opinion because I think Cosmogramma is pretty universally considered his best album even yeah. if, it's, if I, it's not people's favorite I, I mean I, I as, personally as
0: someone who's listened to all of all of his albums except for like I think his first uh, Los Angeles is good like but like i I think you're dead. It is, like, probably the only album that could vie with Cosmogramma.
1: Yeah, and, like, Your, your dad is, is fantastic, and I think that it's interesting how... Well, spe- speaking of artists that we've fallen out of love with... That, then that's exactly, that's why I picked <laughs> it, because there were a few other albums I was going to pick, and I was like, yeah, this is a perfect one, where, I mean, I'm curious if he's going to go down that route. You know, the, the latest one, Flamagra, really was a great... A great case of overambition, in my opinion, where he just really tried too
0: much. And See, it didn't I always work. felt like he, he wasn't trying at all in that. But you know,
1: well, I, th- I, I mean, I, I did feel like he tried some new thing, You know, having to like that overarching yeah fire is coming yeah like the whole overarching narrative that didn't really even play through. And I think yeah, I, I'm I just I'm curious if that is the direction he's going to go because he every album of his I've heard has a different you know a different flair to it that worked and that's the first one where I was like ooh that really that really didn't Um, yeah but thankfully we do have albums like Cosmogramma and Your Dad which are you know excellent in their own ways and just very unique creative instrumental hip hop with all different types of shades and hues of different genres that make for just a super compelling listen I mean I I, you know I, I hit replay immediately after you know it stopped you know, this is my my copy finish because it's just it's such a great album.
0: Yeah, it really is. I used to listen to like Flying Lotus all the time when I was like when I was writing uh, for like you know when I was back in college, like it was that in like uh, Bitches Brew, mm-hmm. which coincidentally I actually had on this past week. But um, yeah, no, it's Cosmic Grim is a great little album. It's, it's and the cover I I love the, I love that album artwork. Yeah, that's too. really really cool. And the CD copy
1: I have. Um, it, it has like a, a sleeve that it it's like a gold. Im- oh, you have like I, that I special know, edition. Yeah, and it's, of, it's 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 yeah. really cool to have the two different versions and um, yeah. It's one one of the many reasons I love buying physical media, is that yeah. you know, you don't you don't necessarily get that with a digital
0: copy. Yeah, because I I think I just have the normal one, if I remember right. just like the regular jewel case? Mm-hmm. Um, God, I need to put that on sometime. I I do love that album. Like, yeah. What, what what's what's the first track of that? Um, um, ah, I always know it and I always forget it. Um, clock Catcher. Yes, thank you, Clock Catcher. Yeah, I always remember. Like, I, for some reason, I always think Nose Art because I think that, that, that that's like the third track, which is just such a great name for something. Nose Art. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. Also, in the process of looking okay. it up, I realized that actually. It
1: came out on May third, so one How day dare off. Dare you? Yeah, one day off, but but still
0: feeling. You, uh... you bastard. Um... <laughs> no, that's, that's a great album. It's definitely worth shouting out because mm-hmm. you know just yeah. I, I feel like Flylow doesn't really get enough attention in a way, like like I, I think like Pitchfork likes them, but like I don't know just, just for when it comes to like you know. Interesting electronic producers out there, like he's like up there. Yeah, and
1: I, I I'm not really sure, because I don't think obviously he has the Captain Murphy stuff and whatever. I, but I, don't, oh, I, don't, man. I, I don't. I don't think he's that like obscure that. Yeah. You know, p- people might be like, "Oh, like he's too weird," like, and especially, um, like, "You're dead." Th- th- uh, You'll never catch me is is yeah. a, maybe not like a radio friendly song, but like that's a pretty it's a, it's pretty, a pretty accessible track. track. Yeah, you know it's great and like it's something that people could really grab their hands on. Like he definitely has produced some songs that.
0: Um, I mean, I, I mean, you're you're counting out the big the big one in the room is uh you know his contributions to Pimp, uh to Pimp a Butterfly. Oh for uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I
1: think he's definitely produced stuff you know on his own, but you know certainly with to Pimp a Butterfly that the the broader public maybe they they don't even realize that they. You know, listened to it and enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I I just feel like, you know, he, he is just super talented, I guess, is, yeah. is what I'm going to just leave it at. Um, so, my album of the week, um, I, I guess we kind of use these segments for different reasons. Um, I think it's just more like to personally shout out an album, uh, regardless of the reason. I think, so this week, um, b- basically, uh, there's... I often try to like listen to like a lot of free improvisation, or at least uh-huh. I, I, ideally, I'd like to, um, but you know, it, it's pretty much impossible to find on streaming services. Um, you know, I, I well, depending on what you're looking at, like I think you, you can find a lot of modern stuff on like like more contemporary acts on like Bandcamp, and like sometimes on like regular streaming services, but like when it comes to like the early early albums of like the european free jazz movement it can be really difficult um because you know just uh, a lot of those were just on like indie labels that you know are either defunct you know or just you know don't want to deal with streaming services uh-huh. so it, it's always difficult to like find stuff like uh evan parker's connect sections like i've wanted to listen to that for a long time now but i've never been able to find it on like apple music um but this week, I was just looking around and I found this, uh, which I was aware of, but never listened to. It is uh, a collaboration with Derek Bailey, Ervin Parker, Hugh Davies, Jamie Muir, and then uh, Christine Jeffrey, who I guess they added her vocals afterwards. But uh, it's an album called The Music Improvisation Company, uh, which I I was reading a biography of Derek Bailey. Um, I didn't, I never, I didn't end up finishing it, but. They actually mentioned this project um, in sort of, you know, early European free improvisation. And, uh, you know, listening to this thing was just really interesting. Um, It kind of reminded me of... um, Have you ever listened to Zorn's uh, game piece? Uh, It's called uh, Hockey. No, I have lacrosse, though. Yeah. So, like, hockey is, like, full of, like, these really short bursts that are kind of sent to each musician and they have to reply back. Um, It kind of reminded me of that, just in terms of, like, because, you know, when you think of free jazz and free improvisation, I think there are a bunch of different dimensions you can think of. Like, I think there is sort of, like, what instantly comes to my mind is, like, Ornette Coleman or, like, John Coltrane, you know, just, like, really pounding out a melody um, or, you know, just adding something really interesting to it, but kind of keeping this overarching kind of song in place but then you also have this other side that's more like uh Keith Rowe and AMM and like uh sort of you know electric electric improvisation and th- that type of thing and I was like I think what was really cool about this album is just to have these musicians you know playing music that kind of veered more on that side that had more of a textural quality to it than a melodic one uh-huh. um yeah, it was just really interesting to listen to. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd recommend it. It's not too long out of an album either. And I think if you're into, like, free jazz, or if, if you're interested in sort of dipping, to, dipping your toes into something a little stranger than Ornette Coleman, um, this is a good place to do it, because, I mean, it's on streaming services. So, um, yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. All right, well, uh, that has been our episode this week. So... Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on... uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, If you follow us on Anchor, to you know, whatever works for you.
1: And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter, and if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything
0: like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, Uh, we're at at Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.